recording Orchestraville. Orchestraville? Where's that? You change, you change four score and seven to to eighty-seven. Oh, that view is tremendous. A landing was made this morning on the coast of France by troops of the Allied Expeditionary Force. I don't blame them for dyeing your hair, I said, but they waited too long to embalm it. Time now for spinning my dad's vinyl. Here with all his skips, scratches, and pops is my dad, Frank Baccarello. Thanks, sweetie. And thank you for tuning into episode 56 of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. He was often billed as the greatest living entertainer in the world. In fact, I watched him blow a slightly even more famous entertainer off the stage in 1988. His nickname was Mr. Show Business, and he held a grudge against JFK. So, get ready for Rat Pack-style entertainment in Volume 56, Sammy Is Now. Sweet chocolate, chocolate malt, candy, gumdrops, anything you want. You've come to the right man because I'm the candy man. Who can take a sunrise? Sprinkle it with you. Cover it with chocolate and a miracle or two. The candy man. He mixes it with love and makes the world taste good. Makes the world taste good. Who can take a rainbow? Who can take a rainbow? Wrap it in a side. Wrap it in a side. Soak it in the sun and make a groovy lemon pie. The candy man. The candy man. The candy man can. The candy man can. The candy man can. He mixes it with love and makes the world taste good.
number one hit and Grammy Award nominated song, The Candyman, written by Anthony Newley and Leslie Bracuse. Okay, why this album? Sammy Davis Jr. was as much a part of our musical lives as Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, the two most famous of the Rat Pack. And I'm such a big fan myself, I have long had Sammy's two-record best-of set in my personal collection. I also had the opportunity to see Sammy open for Frank Sinatra. I grabbed tickets for my parents and me to see him at the Richfield Coliseum show on March 22, 1988. Dean Martin was supposed to be that be at that show, but had gotten sick and had to back out of a couple tour dates that year. Sammy opened. Frank then did his thing. Then they performed a little together. And I have said this about that show ever since. Sammy Davis Jr., blew Frank Sinatra off the stage that night. Yes, they were both in their twilight and Sammy was younger, but I saw the best showman I will ever see live. And I saw Hank Williams Jr. three times during the year he was earning Entertainer of the Year awards. In fact, same year as a matter of fact. So it not only was an evening I will never forget, but a great experience in sharing live music with my parents. Next, how can you not be happy after hearing this song? Look at it. Cause I wanna see a winner. 
Am I right? I want to be happy. Written by Irving Caesar and Vincent Humans. All right, let's learn about the album that I have chosen for this episode. Sammy Davis Jr. Now on the MGM Records number SE4832. It's a vinyl LP album format. It was released in 1972. It is of the jazz pop genre and its style is vocal and easy listening. Now, Early issues have a fold-out four-panel poster cover with the release number that I just gave you. Later issues use a regular stock cover. So if you're watching the video, you can see which one my dad has, the full fold-out four-panel poster cover. Now, this is where I usually read liner notes, but there aren't any. The four-panel poster takes up all of the room. Now, I've got it on screen for those who watch the video version, but I'll try to describe it for those only listening. It's a poster four times the size of an album cover. It's a grid of about four dozen black-and-white photos of times during Sammy's life, a few from early childhood and early singing groups like the Maston Trio, to photos with other famous entertainers and celebrities. For example, there's a photo of him with Elvis Presley, Jerry Lewis, Richard Nixon, Johnny Carson, Bobby Kennedy, Queen Elizabeth, Elizabeth Taylor, Martin Luther King Jr., Carol Burnett, and several I recognize but couldn't recall names. One of the photos is a scene from Laugh-In with Artie Johnson and Wilt Chamberlain, and one is from the cover of Life magazine with the headline, Greatest Negro Stars Team Up, next to images of Sammy, Harry Balafonte, and the very recently departed Sidney Poitier. <laughs> that is such a cool cover, and I'm glad my, hat, my dad had that version of this record. All right, let's take a look at the value that Discogs.com has put on this record. The highest came in at $13.64, lowest at $0.99, cents, with a median price in there of $4.49. It was last sold on December 10th, 2021 on Discogs.com. Now, I found them anywhere from 6 bucks to 20 bucks on eBay, and on Amazon, I found a copy for $5.96. Now, my dad's record actually is in poor condition. Well, there's too much hiss for my liking anyway. Uh, the four-panel fold-out cover is in fair condition, much better shape than I would have thought. It looks like it was opened all the way out several times in the past. I mean, why not? There's some great photos in there to take uh, close looks at. It does have one of those green magic marker streaks on it, and it's got a price tag. <laughs> looks like he paid $1.98 for it. So I think that's what I'm going to do, value it, at $1.98. Why not? The price tag's already on it. Okay, and now, one of Sammy's more powerful songs. Say, what good is my life 
Funny how a breaking heart can make you start to say, What good is my life? Funny how I often seem to think I'll never find a dream in my life. Till I look around and see this great big world is part of me and my I feel afraid when I think of what a mess I've made of my life. Crying over my mistakes, forgetting all the breaks I've had in my life. I was put upon this earth to be a part of this great world. It's me and my life. Guess I'll just add up the score Count the things I'm grateful for In my life This is my life Today, tomorrow, love will come And find me For that's the way that I was born to be This is me This is me This is my life And I don't give a damn for lost emotions I've got a lot of love I've got to give Let me live Just let me live This is My Life, written by Bruno Canfora. Time now to learn a little about the featured artist for this episode. Sammy Davis Jr. was born December 8, 1925 in New York, New York. He died May 16, 1990 in Los Angeles, California. At age three, Davis began performing in vaudeville with his father and uncle Will Maston in the Will Maston Trio. Davis studied tap dancing under Bill Bojangles Robinson, but never received a formal education. After serving in the U.S. Army, he became the central figure of the Maston Trio, not only singing and dancing, but also playing trumpet, drums, piano, and vibraphone. Moreover, he was an accomplished mime and comedian. He encountered virulent racial prejudice early in his career, but he endured to become one of the first African-American stars to achieve wide popularity. 
Along with his extremely successful nightclub career, Davis was a popular recording artist, and he was successful on Broadway in Mr. Wonderful in 1956 and in a 1964 revival of Clifford Odette's Golden Boys, and in films including Porgy and Bess in 1959 and Sweet Charity in 1969. He also appeared in a series of motion pictures with friends such as Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, including Ocean's Eleven in 1960, Sergeant's Three in 1962, and Robin and the Seven Hoods in 1964. That was a great movie. Davis wrote two autobiographical books, Yes, I Can in 65 and Why Me in 1989. And here are a few other interesting facts about Sammy. He lost an eye in a car accident. On November 19, 1954, Davis was driving from Las Vegas to Los Angeles to record a soundtrack for the film Six Bridges to Cross. He never made it to the studio. Early that morning, his Cadillac collided with an automobile that backed out in front of him. He sustained massive injuries to his face, including a broken nose and damage to his left eye so severe that it had to be replaced with a plastic one. A consummate professional, he was back on stage only two months later. He converted to Judaism. Life was different after Davis's car accident. He believed that surviving the crash was a miracle and spent much of his recovery reflecting on his existence. While at San Bernardino Hospital, he met a Jewish chaplain and asked a million questions about the miracle of coming out of the accident alive. Although his parents were Christians, Davis was not deeply religious. But after learning about Judaism, he felt Jews and black people shared a similar history of oppression. Over the years, he studied more about the religion and eventually converted. He held a grudge against JFK. According to Davis's 1989 biography, John F. Kennedy asked the entertainer not to participate in the 1961 presidential inauguration because the sight of the black entertainer alongside his wife Mary Britt, who was white, would potentially anger Southerners. Being shunned by the president was a sore spot for Davis, but those feelings were smoothed somewhat in 1987 when he was honored by the Kennedy Center. He had a close bond with fellow Rat Packer Frank Sinatra. During his teens, Davis Jr. first met Frank Sinatra when he helped open for the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra and Sinatra. The two became lifelong friends, enjoying palpable chemistry both on and off the stage. In fact, Sinatra was like a big brother to Sammy. In one instance, Sinatra tore up his contract when the theater barred Davis because of his race. After Sammy had his car accident, Sinatra paid the medical bills. For Sammy, the admiration was mutual. I wanted to be like him. I wanted to dress like him. I wanted to look like him. I took my hair and had it all done up Sinatra style with the little curl here and all. And... He performed one of the most famous kisses in television history. And I'll tell you about that in this episode's interesting side note. <laughs> now, here's a tune everybody was performing in the 1970s, including two high school bands I performed with. <laughs> Followed in a dance Between the parted pages They were pressed in love's hot fever arm 
like a striped pair of pants. MacArthur Park is melting in the dark, all the sweet green icing flowing down. Someone left the cake out in the rain. I don't think that I can take it, cause it took so long to bake it, and I'll never have the recipe again. I still see the yellow cotton dress Foaming like a wave on the ground around your knees The birds like tender babies on your hand And the old men playing checkers by the trees The park is melting in the dark All the sweet green icing flowing down Someone left the cake out in the rain I don't think that I can take it Cause it took so long to bake it And I'll never, no I'll never have the recipe Another song for me, and I will sing it. There will be another dream for me, someone will bring it. I will drink the wine while it is warm and never let you catch me. Looking at the sun And after all the loves of my life After all the loves of my life You'll still be the one I will take my life into my hand And I will use it I will win the worship of their eyes And I will lose it I will have the things that I desire And my passions flow like rivers to the sky 
It's the infamous MacArthur Park, written by Jim Webb. Time now for this episode's interesting side note. All right, let's talk about that kiss. A lot of us saw it when it aired the first time in 1972. We were, as usual, on a Saturday night watching All in the Family. Boy, we didn't know the surprise we were in for that night. Written by comedian Bill Dana, a.k.a. Jose Jimenez, this classic episode represents the one and only time that the show relied upon a guest star. To get some extra cash, Archie Bunker has gotten a job driving a taxi. Archie is in for a big surprise when one of his passengers turns out to be Sammy Davis Jr., who inadvertently leaves a briefcase in Archie's taxi cab and needs to visit the bunkers to retrieve it. Archie tries to be on his best behavior, but winds up being himself. What follows is a brilliant blend of Davis's patented charisma and Archie's bumbling, unintentional bigotry. Quote, I know you had no choice about being colored, but what made you turn Jew? Unquote. In the moment that made the episode as well as television history, Sammy decides to pose for a picture with Archie, but kisses him on the cheek just as Munson, the cab driver owner, trips the camera shutter. Instant television history. 
Director John Rich, who won an Emmy for this episode, has claimed that Sammy's visit came about because Sammy Davis Jr., who was a longtime friend with Carol O'Connor, insisted upon appearing on his favorite sitcom, and has further acclaimed that Archie's second job as a cab driver was added to the All in the Family lexicon so that Davis's visit to the bunkers would be a logical plot development. The famous kiss was Carol O'Connor's idea. When originally filmed, the kiss brought on the longest restrained laughter in the history of television. And quite a look on Archie's face as well. However, in the final print, the laughter was cut out to make room for Archie's last line, which was, quote, What the hell? He said it was in his contract, unquote. Norman Lear and Carol O'Connor came up with the idea of having Sammy Davis Jr. play himself. They wanted Davis to ad lib his lines so it would seem more natural. And it's a moment we still talk about 50 years later. <laughs> okay, just remember, his word is a bond you can count on.
Bravest. Private dick in the city, John Shaft. Huh. Hey man, can you dig him? Always looking so cool. Together for days and all that leather. Taking care of business too, baby. He's always on the case. I mean, he gets it all together. Huh. Yeah, he's bad, 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 bad. Can you dig it? John Shaft, written by Isaac Hayes, who of course performed it originally. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. Music from Sammy Davis Jr., always makes me smile. And the music from this record was no different. In fact, while the camera wasn't running, I might have been doing a little dancing too. This record brought back fond memories of when I would pull out my copy of Sammy and listen to all of those hits from this marvelous music maker. And it also brought back fond memories of one of those moments I got to share a presence like Sammy Davis Jr. with my parents. An evening with them, I will always remember. And now, almost time to hit the road. Look out! Move it out! Huh. Right on now! Sleep on, little darling The sun is about to rise Sleep on, It's getting light and it's time to ride Time to Ride, 
written by M. Charles and Mac David. And there you have selections from the greatest living entertainer in the world. So thanks for tuning into Volume 56, Sammy Is Now, however you did. If you want more information about this show, head over to SpinningMyDad'sVinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops for our first 78 RPM Sunday with Volume 57, Rusty in Orchestraville. Until then, go with the flow, my friends. <laughs>